The Football Show on Off The Ball with Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. I'm prepared to do anything I can well, to do play it my then. country again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Now you're welcome along Football Show. Kenny Cunningham is with us this evening. We have a Champions League evening ongoing. Second half have just started, including at Ibrax, where we've had a decent game between Rangers and Liverpool. one all. Napoli in that group 4-2 winners against Ajax earlier on. Elsewhere, Group B this evening. Atletico Madrid and Club Bruges nil all. Bayer Leverkusen nil. FC Porto one. The Atletico uh, Club Bruges result is a result. The other game is uh, second half. Barcelona against Inter. Dembele has Barcelona 1-0 up at the Nou Camp. Halftime in that game. And Bayern Munich, Mane on the score sheet. Thomas Muller on the score sheet this evening. They are 4-0 up at halftime against Victoria Pilsen. And then uh, Sporting Lisbon 0, Marseille 2. That's in Spurs' group, of course, where uh, Son has scored twice. Kane has scored once. They are 3-1 up at home to Eintracht Frankfurt. Kenny Cunningham is here in studio. So uh, we've been keeping an eye on this Liverpool game. We'll come to that in a moment. Uh, we were talking naturally enough at the start of the show about events at Hampden Park last night. Uh, it was um, quite an interesting point. You were uh, emphatic in the news round. You said you thought Ireland were very much the better team. And uh, I do think for spells, certainly people would have watched it and saw Scotland knitting patterns together and uh, dominating possession and... Uh, creating some chances I think on balance Ireland probably did create the better chances across the 90 minutes but Scotland looking more almost in control of the game in a traditional way and it was quite interesting the team afterwards in their various interviews were talking about how they love defending and actually they feel in control of defending so Katie McCabe was uh, talking to Tony O'Donoghue and RTE uh, about this afterwards so I mean again you, you get a sense here this is Katie McCabe very creative player loves being on the ball but quite happy to defend as she said to Tony Yeah look People might not like our style of play and the defending, but we love it. We love to defend. We're passionate about it. It's our identity, and we catch people or we catch teams out on the counter attack like we did tonight, and that's our strength. And yeah, look, it gets results. Um, we've been on a, a great run so far, and to, to come here, difficult place to come. Obviously, away from home, we had our travelling fans here. We, the back, like we, we were against it tonight, and we're the underdogs, and we always are, but we love it, and we get the result and prove people wrong, and we're going to a World Cup we're now. We're proud. We're proud. Just a little sense of uh, Katie McCabe and I think uh, Denise O'Sullivan there chipping in <laughs> at the end. So uh, that tallies with your sense that even though they didn't have the ball for long spells, there was a fair degree of comfort there in how they defended. Oh no, I agree. I agree there in terms we looked very comfortable that kind of low uh, defensive block and I've uh, yeah, I've no problem with that. It's where you defend really. I mean, Katie says there we love our defending and I, I understand that kind of uh, mentality. But the next question is where you, where you decide to defend do you defend with a low defensive block on the edge of your box but you can also defend with your back line on the halfway line and most of your players in the opposition half mm. you can start you know you're defending in the opposition half as well so I suppose that's my point and which one which, which of those tactics you choose to employ is pretty much dependent on to a certain extent maybe the players you have available to you at the time and, and probably more so in terms of the strengths the qualities of of the uh, opposition team so so say for example if we'd have been up against the Scottish team tonight I'd looked at that Scottish maybe front line and, and, and saw two or three players rapid rapid pace who could really maybe expose our kind of central defenders in 1v1 situations and if there was space in behind them then I'd be saying yeah 
low defensive block absolutely take your game back to you maybe five yards outside your uh, penalty box so there's no space basically for the opposition team to run into uh, behind you and let them let them play in front be patient trust your defensive uh, uh, setup and just be patient you know you wait for your triggers wing back possession and break and if you have good pace in the team which generally we do we've got a good uh, bit of pace from what I've seen um, uh, higher up the pitch you can break out from that low defensive block and be effective you can break into space so yeah I understand that but that's not always the case and I thought just that last night we looked at that Scotland team I'm not sure they can hurt us really in terms of the quality of their attacking players good midfield their weird incentive midfield I thought was probably the best player uh, it was a good contest or than uh, Denise O'Sullivan centre uh, midfield but apart from that so in that situation I, I think to myself well yeah defend but defend 20 yards higher up the pitch and now when you're winning the ball back off them yeah. you're 20 yards 20 30 yards closer to the opposition penalty box so that's all I'd say I wouldn't be disagreeing in terms of what was said there but I just think you can kind of you can fine tune and just kind of adjust what you're doing in terms of what you're seeing on the pitch and that you can do that as a player on the pitch you can be set up to play a certain way like right girls it's a low defensive block tonight you know we lose possession and we, we drop back into our own half nice and compact but very quickly you get, and you're in a game sometimes 15-20 you get a bit of a sense of I think we can get on the front foot here we can take we can go at these a bit hard up the pitch I don't think technically they're good enough to play through us and if they do don't really feel as if they've got players in 1v1 situations they actually run away from us in behind and I think you can actually make those adjustments yourself the guys are talking about kind of near fatty good talker leader and if you have a few of them on the pitch and they, they can see that and recognise it then it's a case of right uh, guys let's, let's take let's take ourselves 20 yards up the pitch so fundamentally there's nothing changing in terms of how you're you're defending you're literally just taking your whole game further up the further up the pitch so that, that was my only point about uh, uh, about last night like I said I don't know exactly how they, they were, the guys were set up but yeah I, I'm buying into it in terms of that defensive uh, setup in terms of recognising what you're good at and playing to your strengths and if the idea was to kind of draw opposition teams onto you to give up the ball now to give the ball to the opposition teams particularly good uh, football teams for long periods you have to have a lot of confidence in your defensive qualities Do we look good enough to be able to keep it for long periods? Like do you suspect Vera Powers looked at the team and said we're better hitting teams in the counter-attack rather than over Yeah but I'm not saying let's play a massive uh, possession based game I think like I'm a big fan of like Megan Connolly wasn't available she's an out- outstanding player I think she kind of elevates us to another level when she plays in that central uh, midfield area like her and uh, Denise Sullivan playing in there have been really yeah. really strong for us I came in last night done really well but yeah so I'm not preaching like we got to go and play like a, a, a possession based uh, game or or anything like that, you know what I mean? I I I understand. I understand. I actually respect, and I actually enjoy that side. I'm probably one of the few who enjoys a good team that's defensively set up well, can soak up pressure. And I find it quite exciting to see a team break out from that defensive shape quickly yeah. and up the pitch, and you know, and, and break at teams and play through them and and hurt teams and with quick, uh, efficient counter-attacking football. I find that uh, very exciting. I, I'm I'm quite engaged in that. Probably very similar. There's teams out there doing it at the moment. Conte's doing it at the moment with Spurs. Probably getting a little bit of criticism for it from some quarters. But now I've got a huge amount of respect it, uh, for it because a huge amount of organisation uh, goes into a degree of like football intelligence as well from the players to um, uh, take on board what the manager's saying, kind of execute a huge levels of concentration required to play that well in terms of soaking up pressure, making good decisions all the time. But then obviously you have to have the you know, you have to have the ability to break out from that defensive shape and be effective as well. So I'd say to you, low defense. If we hadn't say any good pace, if we had like 
couple of players higher up the pitch, you know, a little bit one paced. I'd be looking at it and saying, low defensive block, I'm not sure. Once we win it back, who are we gonna, who's going to take us up the pitch? Yeah. You know, who's got the speed of foot? If, if we knock a 40-yard ball over the top, who's going to run away from the opposition centre-half? Or who's going to pick the ball up in deep areas and run 30, 40 yards and run away from people in possession of the ball? And if you haven't got those type of players, you know, that low defensive block is no good for you. You've got to take your game higher up the pitch. You've got to go and engage them in their half of the pitch. So when you win it back, you've got... Uh, um, smaller distances to travel to the opposition goal so they had all the things I mean every every coach every team kind of wrestles yes. with those kind of things but fundamentally in terms of what the girls are saying there oh yeah, I, I, I buy into that mm. and I still feel as if in terms when I look at when I look at the Irish senior uh, team now and going into these games that we have uh, coming up in terms of World Cup qualifiers I still think that's probably the, t- the best template for us in terms of how, if we're going to get out of that group so I would be looking at I would be looking at those Dutch games and France games now thinking right We've got to we we've got to get fifty percent possession off these teams, and we've got to how we're going to dominate these teams in terms of possession. I'd yeah. be forgetting all about that, you know. I'd be looking at it differently and saying, right, we've got to be realistic here, you know. You know, can we compete toe to toe toe to toe with these teams from a technical point of view, football and ability? Maybe not, but what are we good at? And I look at the uh, the Ireland team at the moment, look at our defensive setup, that back three wing backs. I'm liking what I'm seeing, particularly in the, the kind of the back three. I'm liking that shield in front at the moment. That those partnerships in front, Josh Cullen, uh, Jason I, Jason Malumbi, real solid defensive axis there, huge energy, dynamism in that area of the pitch. Are those players going to get on the ball and dominate the ball and control the game for us? Maybe not. But I'll tell you what to do, they'll sit behind the, behind the ball, they'll fill spaces, they'll make tackles, they'll track runners, and if we do win it back, they'll take us up the pitch quickly because yeah. they got the legs to do that. So yeah, so so for me, it's even from the Irish men's senior team. I think maybe that's a template. I know there's a lot of talk about changing the way we play and 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 wherever else. But the closer we get to that type of template, for me, the more confident I become that we can potentially uh, split those two teams at the top of the group, uh, uh, France and, and the Netherlands. We have just seen a goal for Liverpool at Ibrox. It's Firmino. Again, 55 minutes on the clock. Uh, he's running over to celebrate with Joe Gomez, who I suspect put the cross in from the right-hand side. And we'll see a replay in just a moment. So Rangers took the lead in this game, if you're just tuning in. Uh, Firmino scored then header from a corner in the first half. And uh, now he's just made a 2-1 Liverpool. So again, yeah, it is Gomez down the right-hand side. It is Liverpool on the counter-attack. And it's pretty straightforward stuff, really. Gomez, couple of touches and uh, swings a low cross into the area. <laughs> None straightforward a, about that cross into the great box. Great finish show. from Firmino. That's as sweet as the guests. I've got a bit of a cliche what I'm going to say now in terms of like Trent Alexander-Arnold would have been uh, proud of that ball. It was a brilliant pass from uh, Gomez. Just slid it in, in behind the Rager, Rangers defenders. Firmino just walks onto it. You know, it's a relatively simple finish from him he's an interesting one isn't it because you're looking at the Liverpool front forward my Salah big drop off from him probably for the last six months in terms of performance Darwin Nunes still kind of finding his feet uh, to an extent you got Young Carvalho and you know Elliot again finding their feet just you know developing themselves as players and a little bit of uncertainty there around the Liverpool midfield and forward areas and all of a sudden for me now from nowhere and it looked as if some people had written him off and he was going to be the next one out of the door some people expect him to have gone in the summer and all of a sudden, he's he's found something, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. This season, like just proving how good a player he is, we all know. When I said straightforward, I didn't mean not high in quality. Sometimes there's genius in simplicity, you know. Straightforward, it wasn't an intricate move, but it took a lot of quality. All right, can we agree on that? 
You're always learning. No, I wouldn't agree in terms of the oh, delivery of no, 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 no. No, I couldn't agree. In, in, couldn't in, agree. Uh, previous to that, you're right. It was a simple ball out to Gomez, a couple of uh, touches out of his feet. But that was really that was top quality. The delivery, that yeah, final across. Of course, it was top quality. It's straightforward. That's in terms how you of what described happened. it. Top quality, but straightforward. That, that's I described it to a radio listening there. That's radio uh, you're listening audience. There. As a radio listening audience, they don't need like a pass to him and then to him and then to him. It's quite straightforward in that he whips in a. But he's got a bit of that brilliant joke. cross. He's got a bit of that Joe Gomez. It was no cross early in the season. He yeah. played right back as well. He whipped one in like on on the money. He's in the shadow of Trent Alexander-Arnold, but he's got a lot of quality in that right foot as well. But of course, what you get with him, and you know, he had a bit of a tough time. Actually, he came on at the at the weekend for Trent, and actually had a difficult time against Martinelli. But generally speaking, he's he's far superior than Trent in terms of his defensive uh, qualities. But some people think him, oh, he's a bit clunky in that kind of right back position. But he does on occasion step forward and produce some yeah. moments of real kind of quality, as he has done there. I think that's important. Kind of when you're having a wobble at Liverpool are at the moment, you just want players and areas of the pitch that you can trust. You know, just do the basics, do the fundamentals, right, and slowly let's just find a little bit of rhythm, a bit of form, and kind of build. That's what you need, like. So he, he might give them, he might give them that in that right back position for now. I will come to Liverpool in just one second. I'm conscious if you're just tuning in at nine o'clock, or if you're listening to the podcast, this might sound like, geez, have we really talked much about the Irish performance last night? We've talked about it a lot on the show on the news round. Uh, this evening we've talked about the uh, controversy as well we've had Vera Pau on the show talking to Nathan earlier on so I'm just conscious if you are tuning at 9 thinking football show why they're not getting stuck into all the um, the obvious bits and pieces like Amber Barrett's goal that's why at the risk of repeating myself one of the stats from uh, last night which I mentioned on the news round which uh, jumped out 54 European teams could qualify for the World Cup 11 get through so it's 11 of 54 and this is one of the strongest if not the strongest uh, continent certainly uh, trying to qualify for the World Cup so uh, the seeding of the European teams which uh, made it through 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 11 I'm not sure who 10 was by the way and then Ireland jumped in at number 21 as uh, that was their pre-qualification seeding so they have jumped past a whole bunch of players and Sue Ronan was making the point on OTBAM this morning that actually now having got through the very difficult, arduous task of qualifying from a European point of view, she was saying that actually now that they get to the World Cup, she said with the greatest respect to some of the African sides who qualified or the Oceania sides who qualified, actually to get through Europe is tougher than playing some of those sides. So Ireland will go to the World Cup thinking, actually, the fact that we've made it through Europe yeah. and got here means we can kind of do something. It won't just be, God, we're, in, we're about to step up to a whole other level of pain here. Far from it. So that's kind of exciting and I guess they have a year to, you know, think about the things you were mentioned. Yeah, it'd be so. interesting. Yeah, the seeding system there when they is the thirty two teams uh, for the first so, time. Yeah, yeah, 32. yeah. Eight yeah. groups of four. I'm, I'm guessing like that's pretty yeah. Uh, Standard. simple. Yeah. So in terms of our, the the seeding system, not too sure. Second, third in terms of the the group. The I don't group. know how they, they divvy it up, but I think you're right. I, I, do you know what I don't have to see? A, I wouldn't necessarily have to see a huge amount. Seeing a couple of the other teams, watch the kind of American and England. Mm. Played the other uh, night as well, so that's that's the that's, that's the, the top, top of the moment, isn't it? By a distance, so, yeah, but yeah, by a distance. But you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have looked at those, either of those two uh, teams, England. I thought were the were the better teams. I looked at that American team. Yeah, I wouldn't look at that our Irish team up against them and think whatever depth here. You Ireland, know what I mean? Ireland will be in pot be? three. They'll be ranked 20, 26th of right. the thirty two. So they'll be in pot three. So it'll be two quote unquote better teams ahead of them. Yeah. But. Yeah, but again, but like I'm saying, I didn't see a vast chasm in terms yeah. of what I was saying in that uh, necessarily the England-USA uh, uh, game in terms of what I've been saying from the Ireland team of late for the reasons that we're talking about. You know, good good, 
good setup. Uh, you know, good structures, little patterns. You can see that they're organised. They're kind of you know uh, the guys are comfortable in terms of what they're being asked to do uh, in the system. Pedomley's been kind of back three, isn't it? Wing backs and yeah. uh, you know very solid, like I said. And that's kind of central midfield area. Kate McCabe obviously is you know star star quality. She's an interesting one in terms of where exactly the the place around the pitch and in terms of the other players as well. Where you're going to get the kind of the best out of her, but also respect the players who are around as well in terms of the balance of the team. She's played kind of left wing back as well. To what uh, extent were um, were McCabe and um, Megan Campbell at fault for the fact that first kind of uh, twenty minutes or so it was down. Ireland's left hand side that Scotland were having a lot of joy yeah not massively I don't think they get massive joy there was obviously there was a uh, the lead up to the, the penalty kick wasn't there was a little bit of yeah a yeah, little bit of combination play but no I didn't think I never thought we were getting overly stretched Paris in any area of the pitch yeah I think Hayes an, um, is an interesting one because player of that quality you, you really always feel inclined to get him into a central area of the pitch where he can better yeah, yeah kind of influence the game but what I will say is I don't think we're deficient in that area of the pitch like I said you bring Megan Connolly back into that central area of the pitch she's a very talented all round player like you so you don't really feel as if she's almost needed so yeah I can understand that whether it's a kind of a as an orthodox left winger or kind of left left wing back she's perfectly capable of playing there even last night although like I said it wasn't a times a huge amount of quality in the games you put a delivery in uh, second half on your Garmin like I'd say I mean it was that's the kind of quality that she can deliver from that area of the pitch if you can just get it. That's what I'm saying, like not being too passive because that type of player, you want to get him on the ball yeah. in, in, in higher areas of the pitch as often as possible because she has that quality to score, to deliver, you know, put that ball on the money, generally speaking, nine times out of ten. So Straightforward ball. Uh, <laughs> Kenny earlier on did an amazing uh, breakdown of Amber Barrett's goal. And uh, I'm sure that's been clipped and it's Basic. probably up on social media. No, I thought it was very good for a man who uh, likes the defensive side of the game. It was uh, an appreciation of a brilliant finish. You've, uh, you've got people texted in, though. So these were texts which came in earlier, which I didn't get to. Uh, so it's a you called it a toe poke. It's amazing how it's different across the country. Lads, uh, Garvin and Cork, it's a toe pecker. Toe pecker, lads, oh, no, as no with way. a woodpecker hitting no. it with a single point of the beak like a woodpecker we called it a toe pecker is that was it, that's been uh, shortened to a peck is that what the previous caller said a toe peck no, he's obviously shortened that down to maybe a, he has yeah 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 peck, a yeah. Pe- oh, no, it was a peg was it did he say a t- toe peg toe oh, peg no, yeah toe uh, pecker is a, maybe it's a cork thing I don't know somebody else said it's a toe bog wouldn't call it a toe bog no, myself I'm not toe Paul bog. says we always call that finish a toe jammer <laughs> 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 that's good <laughs> we'll have that Paul uh, toe poke all day long good man Kenny so yeah. I agree with you and then I did say toe poke I'm down myself you now did, I said did. toe poke and then me with my uh, Kildare nor Kildare bog toe so, <laughs> <laughs> so he says I was just about to text in and say it's a bog toe myself when you said it Joe and I'm a clean man that's only up the road Kenny uh, definitely a Kildare term. So apparently in Kildare, it's a oh, bog so toe. You've twisted around. You've totally twisted around there. Like well, a you bog. Were, you're leaving you're a with the toe poke. Yeah, but the bog is the headline. Yeah, yeah. Now I would have said a bog toe is more of a you've given it a good whack. <laughs> you know, whereas there's a subtlety to it. Toe poke, I think, gets more at yeah, what the right. finish was. Yeah, yeah. There's a technical element to it, isn't it? The Big toe time. poke, isn't it? When she first hit it. And by the way, isn't there something beautiful about watching how slowly it rolled into the net? Like it was like Berbatov or something. But when she first hit it, I thought, 
was that outside of her foot or is she outside of her toe <laughs> <laughs> outside toe poke yeah I thought is that, is she, is that outside of the foot or was was that a bog toe uh, a toe poke <laughs> But and that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Because like we were saying, you take it so early, you don't really have to generate a huge amount of pace. You just almost put it out there. The keeper really can't get themselves mm. set. So it's just about the contract and the contact, just a little bit of precision on it. And it's kind of, it's on its way. It's really past the goalkeeper. It's not super easy to have when you're running at pace, precision with a little toe poke like that. You know, it's not that's a, what, yeah, she, that's she, she downplayed it and said, oh, I just, I, I gave it, she said the big toe. That's obviously a Donny Gold thing. Yeah. Uh, the big toe. But she's doing herself as a service there because there's a skill too. element. Well, there's yeah. a skill element uh, too. The easy, the easy one really is to kind of, it's the, the safety one really is to open your body up and to use the inside of your right foot. Yes. That's the safety. That's the easy one. That's the safety Sam one. But by doing that, you're kind of telegraphing a little bit to the to the goalkeeper where you're yeah. where you're aiming, and also you're giving them a split second more time to plant their feet, you know, get their body momentum going over that way to make the the save, which is what the point I was making earlier. So, mm. yeah, there might have been a few. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what was going in um, through the head at that particular moment. I think she mentioned about keeper coming out. She initially, she had a picture in her head. She wanted to think it over the keeper so that can change very quickly you know mm. keeper comes out quickly and cuts the space you can't get up and down quick you've got to readjust you've got to make a different decision like yeah. so yeah, yeah. It, was, it was an amazing moment really because well, yeah, I, I yeah. think you can miscue I think it's a centre half I was running back at her at there and I was just, at that centre half I'm thinking just have that have that touch touch to your, touch to your right yeah, just, just a touch you know, give she, me a chance to launch myself here at you, at you like did anything you, did you see in her interview Liverpool could be in here by the way if it's not offside it's a goal and it's Nunes don't think it is offside they're certainly celebrating haven't seen Are the we, dreaded VAR well, yet we Kenny we won't know we won't know let's just wait for another two and a half minutes to find out if it is an actual goal and then start all the celebrations again it was Nunes so, yeah. wasn't it the two players there with a the ponytail this evening did you ever have a ponytail <laughs> so we're seeing the replay and uh, ball kicked out it's a very poor goal for Rangers to concede really goalkeeper kicked it straight to a Liverpool player in the middle of the pitch Fabinho won it, yeah. and uh, clever little ball through and it's uh, set up for I think Nunes by Firmino and again it's all onside oh lovely touch Firmino <laughs> He could have just... He could have he done it simply. It. He, could he could have, have toe-poked it, couldn't he? Oh, no. He gave a delicious little flick. Nothing straightforward He that. went all samba on us. Yeah. And it's the exact finish that you're talking about where it's yeah. body opened and side-footed into the far corner as opposed to toe-poked in. I guess that's the other thing. You side-footed there when you're not near the keeper. Whereas, oh, here comes VAR. It doesn't matter because it wasn't played to him. Oh, yeah, he's okay. He's yeah, he was okay. off. Uh, the, the pass wasn't played to him. It was played to Firmino. So the next pass, he's on side. Do, do you ever like a finish there where Nunes has been set and it's the most obvious honorary finish of all time to whip it into the near post you a fan of that? well, well I am when it's warranted this is the Kenny Cunningham uh, school yeah, well, I, of finishing this evening by the yeah. way we've never done finishing with Kenny Cunningham this is long overdue so it was I suppose that if you're talking about that example of that you you probably go back to the game in um, Scotland wouldn't you when uh, Troy was uh, through on goal remember we broke out with Oba oh, yeah, in the yeah, second yeah. half and he squared uh, the ball set himself and for me, that was from the angle that it was. For me, it was just that open your body, put it into the fire, the traditional finish. The Henri finish. Yeah, but but he went for the the eyes, the little kind of drag back inside the near post, which for me is the more it's the more difficult technique. Clearly, like you know what I mean, trying to whip your foot around the ball, 
at the last minute, not generate too much spin. If you do, you'll take it beyond the, mm. the new. So that's the more. But sometimes it's warranted if you get a sense of if you look up and you want to play the easy one into the far post, but maybe the keeper's starting position is such, maybe he set himself over that side of the goal. Maybe he, you get a sense of he's anticipating it, he's on his way, yeah. and he's going to save it. That's when that's when the good players recognise that. And I just had a thought there. Do you know what you're describing? That was Matt Letizia's penalty technique. So Letizia, as I understand it now, I'm, I'm open to. Okay, if he suddenly sees. Being a good goes, friend of Matt Letizia and having these deep conversations with him uh, I remember on occasions. Watching a documentary on him, I thought it was very interesting. I used to take penalties as a kid, so I was. Kind you ever of, talk to people in, in like normal conversation? Talk to you. You get, <laughs> I used to take penalties as a kid so obviously he had a great penalty record and I remember thinking oh that's very clever so what he would do was he would start aiming for that from a penalty spot now but the Henri finish as in open out the body right hand side and he said when you aim that way you can always last minute whip it left if you see the keeper go he was looking though but he was looking he was good enough he was looking at the keeper I never tried it myself Kenny but that's you know he had that as you said the keeper can be a bit over in that far corner so he would look last minute and if he felt that's tremendous yeah but the nerve to have the the nerve to do that but also the the confidence in yourself your technique to kind of make that adjustment yeah yeah Tony does a little bit for uh, um Brentford, doesn't he? And Jorginho, to a certain extent, they kind of wait, don't they? They just wait and they open the foot up and they can go either way. You know, yeah. they'll open, they'll splay their foot and put it to the keeper's left if they have to, right. if he's gone True. the other. Yeah, yeah. Now that, oh, that's, that's amazing. Like, uh, that's amazing, amazing nerve. Is there any player who's associated with the whip into the near post the way Henri is associated with the far corner? Everyone says the Henri finish. I don't. I can't think of someone. It's nice. People have said an Henri finish, but it's a pretty bog standard finish, really. I mean, I he didn't invent it. He didn't invent the finish a where you open up your left finish. or right. <laughs> 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 Even Nordkill there. You know, there was a few examples of that in the late sixties, early seventies. People has, opening up their no, right foot, and side foot into the corner. Henri, surely Henri's done very well to claim that. He's claimed it. That, that's, that's that's been in existence since the dawn of uh, the dawn of time. The finish uh, going off on a tangent here, which actually Life f- tangent. On, yeah, sorry. which fascinated me, and I haven't seen too m- much of it. Uh, Mesut Ozil, I saw it once, uh, and I, I doubted what I was seeing. I saw it first of all, he got in on goal with the keeper to be slight angle. Yeah, for Germany or for yeah, Arsenal? for Arsenal. Madrid. And he, okay. and when I first saw, it, I thought, oh, he's fluffed. How lucky! What a lucky finish! Kicked it into the ground. He stabbed the ball into the the ground, and it bounced over the goalkeeper. With studs, did he stab it? No, with his with his instep. He's in step. He, sta- he stamped it into the into the ground, so the ball popped. The, the ball must have been a bit too. He couldn't have done that front on. It was a bit to his side, was it? And yeah, a little bit to, Yeah, like a little chop on into the ground. Oh, yeah. You know, like uh, yeah, like maybe a three. You know, like your boys and your arms to hit the ball, the golf ball into the yeah. into the ground, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like shh, goes up. Yeah. yeah, it goes upwards, isn't it? That's yeah. what they say. It doesn't make the more sense. More you hit down, it the down more, it goes counterintuitive. Up. Yeah. yeah. Well, he done that once, and I thought. I remember describing it as, oh, how lucky has he got there? Nice. Totally mishit that. And his bobble, the keeper committed himself early, couldn't recover, bobbled over him, horrible finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And about a month later, I saw him do it again. Your head exploded. Yeah, and I thought, oh my God, he's doing it deliberately. He's kicking that ball, deliberate, Joe, deliberately into the ground, knowing that the keeper's anticipating a normal uh, ball of, uh, speed coming towards him, you know, you know, committing himself left or right and then by the ball bouncing into the into the ground it takes a bit of speed off the ball throws it up into the air and by the time the keeper almost kind of reacts and, re- and recovers it's too late it's over it's, it's, it's bobbling over my mind here this, this happened three or four times not too, not too much it happened three or uh, maybe three times with him yeah 
and the tour Tom I could see it as clear Jeez. as day and I've never seen it well, that finish deserves to be named after him the Ozil finish not Henri's side foot fair corner uh, we've to take a break football show coverage is with thanks to the Sky knuckle. the Nuklak yeah the Ozil Nuklak watch <laughs> watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports BD Sport Premier League Premier Sports Mick McCarthy outside has just put through a video there's a YouTube collection of these finishes of Ozil so we'll have, I was going to say it's we'll hard to just, I haven't done it just as if I, I haven't done it just you better know, roll one of them I know exactly I know exactly what people are probably scratching their head thinking what in no, the name no, no. of I God is he talking about you did very well we'll take a short break Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch all the football you love Including the biggest Premier League games Every weekend Live on Sky This is News Talk History is made by the Republic of Ireland. I'm honestly speechless. I mean, we're going to a World Cup. It's what dreams are made of. For all the best reaction to the girls in green qualifying for the World Cup, subscribe to the OTB Football podcast stream now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live only on Sky Sports. This is News Talk. It's unbelievable. It's a different level. <laughs> it's so it's good. It's not the coffee. It's not the coffee in this studio. I'll how tell is, you that. How is that not more famous? Oh, we've had another goal at Ibrox. Mo Salah. There's nothing wrong with the coffee here. Mo Salah, this Liverpool. Not been funny. Of this game. Bit of a towie. This was a bit of a towie one as well. I'm telling <laughs> you. A t- poke, would you say? I'm telling you. A pecker. He rifled it. A driller. The jammer. Oh, driller. The jammer. It was a jammer. It was a jammer, you're right. <laughs> I was going to go with a driller. Jammer. <laughs> he put a bit on it. He didn't look too happy. Was it an OG? Doesn't seem that fussed. Oh, it's an unbelievable finish. It is, isn't it? It's a jammer. Why? Have a look at it. We've got a close up here. It's a toe poker jammer pecker. Jeez, it is and all. It's from a very tight angle. There wasn't much else he could have done with that except give that a toe poke, was there? Because he was from a tight angle here, Kenny. Exactly. Let's just poke it. Keeper might have saved it, but still. But that's what I'm saying. It's, you take it early, don't you? Hmm. You know, the keeper almost takes the keeper by uh, by surprise, and he's and he's he's really caught that. That was a he really he's really popped it, isn't he? That's a really good finish. Why did he look so nonplussed about that? He's not himself, <laughs> is he? There's something gone awry there. With oh, he's Salah. not. He's not playing at the level. But I mean, you can trace that back really second half of last season. Joe, I think he was well, but people were saying, "Ah, oh, he's just, you know, I'm one of those. It's Mo Salah. Give him, give him four hundred grand a week and six, six year deal. What, what's, what's all the people also just the argument the about missing? Well, there was African Cup of Nations and then the World Cup playoff. That all that's going on as well. He's had a lot of disappointments in the he's last. He's had a huge. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that. Ma- I don't, that, no. I don't buy into that. That I don't it doesn't manifest itself in in that in terms of you, you know, you can't, you, you know, you can't run as quick over over twenty years. I just feel the fear with me, Mo Salah, what I've seen the last kind of year or so, is just that very similar to Jordan Henderson, just that kind of that kind of dynamic uh, speed which you had over 10, 20, you know, even fifteen yards stand and start. It's it's dissipating, and that's going to be a problem for him. It doesn't mean that he can't still score goals. And he's sure. not going to play a kind of a pivotal role, but it's going to make it harder. Yeah. It's going to make it harder from the turn into type of numbers uh, that he has. And there's also slight other trade-offs as well. And so are you going to get as much out of him in terms of heading back down the pitch? Well, sorry, yeah. I, ju- yeah. I do want to ask you about that. So people know that you're great on tactics and, and the four-two-three-one thing is interesting. So the two boys are sitting in midfield. Salah's one of those three, generally on the right-hand side, behind the one. So Salah's job now, because it's not a four-three-three where he has the likes of Jordan Henderson 
between him and the right back. Salah now has a big responsibility to put the head down and trek back towards his own goal deeper than he ever would have for much of his Liverpool career. Is that the gist? Well, well traditionally, that you have to. You have to because when you play with, as Liverpool have with two number eights, those two advanced number eights, they're, they're both of them are leaning over to that, the right side of the eights, leaning over to the right side of the pitch and, and, and likewise on the on the left-hand side. So when that opposition fullback gets beyond the Liverpool wingers, whether it's Salah on that side of the pitch, Jordan Henderson was always there, leaning yeah. over that side of the pitch. And with his kind of paces, you know, his physical levels, he could make those distances and continually, it's not just once, you know, 10, 15, 20 times a game, continually be able to get there at top speed. And he was able to do that. And with the system, that if they continue with this system now, we're kind of a two in midfield kind of two number sixes I mean generally they play within you know 12-15 yards of each other in centre midfield the distance for those centre midfielders now to get into those wide areas and double up with the Liverpool fullbacks is greater Yes. and plus you've got looking at the Jordan Hens you've got a player who can't now cover the distances in as great a speed as you had done previously mm. so that's, a, that's not so much a problem because I wouldn't expect in a central orthodox central midfield yeah. pairing I wouldn't be expecting those centre midfielders to get out and double up with me fullback that's the responsibility of your wide men your yeah. two wingers you know, when you play with the three and the number ten, it's now your wingers who've got to get back and double up with the fullbacks. That's a, that's pretty much a given, Joe. I'm not sure Mo Salah wants to do that. Can he? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not too sure he actually you want um, Mo, Mo Salah down. That's right. traditionally not where he's played for Liverpool for the reasons that we're saying. Yeah. He's always played a bit of a uh, half cocked one, isn't he? He's, he's tracked runners to a point and he's almost passed them on to Jordan Henderson, you know, and kept himself in that in between. Uh, uh, position so if Liverpool turned over the ball which generally they do yeah. they could get the ball up to him in a reasonably advanced area the cheesing some call it but it's clever yeah but it's clever No, and it's it's not cheating to be honest with you it's making a conscious decision to do it. but you need the players to do it and Liverpool always had Jordan Henderson right side of day and Gini Wijnaldum when they were at their best left side of day they could spring out into those wide positions and double up at the Liverpool full back so that was absolutely fantastic oh he scored again <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> It's brilliant, Mo Salah. It really is. He's in a tight space and it's he, he sprints and he checks back and he has a look and it's that no backlift next to no backlift from outside the area and he just catches the goalkeeper yeah. out and it's brilliant. And again, he's not... OK, look, they're 5-1 up so it's not like he's going to be taking off his top and celebrating but um, not even much of a smile out of him but it's a great goal, isn't it? It's a great goal. But this is the, these are the qualities which you have. So I'm talking about maybe a slowdown in terms of hasn't got that kind of juice in his legs, that kind of burst of acceleration over 10, 15 yards. But that's only one aspect of it. What he has is he's still a very, very good finisher when he Quick gets feet. in around yeah. yeah the opposition penalty box. So that's a good example of it there. Didn't see a massive burst of pace there to get away from people. Didn't sure. just manipulate the ball, found himself a little pocket, knew exactly where the goal was. And then that technique off his left foot, just kind of finding the the corner net so he still has that so nobody's here suggesting suddenly he's finished he's going to fall off a cliff you know what I mean he's still still capable of maybe 15 plus league goals but he's going to be compromised potentially a little bit on other aspects of his game yeah well we'll we'll watch that develop so Jurgen Klopp in his press conference in advance of this game uh, Didi Haman had been uh, we have the clip here Didi Haman had been uh, speaking and he said uh, Liverpool needed a spark so it wasn't wasn't the most detailed uh, point and I'm sure Haman had said more but Basically, the journalist put it to Jurgen Klopp that, you know, a man had said, uh, we need a spark. You're going to have to get your headphones here. I'm going to give you, give you a due warning because it takes you, usually takes you a few seconds to get the headphones on and yeah, then gotcha. the start of the clip. Okay, good man. Uh, so here's Jurgen Klopp's response to the Diddy man, Liverpool need a spark criticism. I heard the phrase after the game against Arsenal used that Liverpool need a spark. What do you feel? Who you said need? that? Didi Haman is, is Oh great, he's a fantastic source. I'm just well well respected everywhere. 
former Liverpool midfielder, obviously. That doesn't give you the right to say what you want, especially when you have no idea. Well, I'm asking you, what do you feel that you need? I mean, where do you see a spark if it's a spark that you need I actually from? Think, I actually think Didi Hamann doesn't deserve that you... What is that now? That you, what is that? To use his phrase to ask me a question. Do me a favour and ask your own question. Okay. That's good. We, we won't use that phrase, then, but I, I feel... What, what, what is it you feel Try to you, that, that ask you need? a question without the word spark. That's the <laughs> challenge now, huh? No spark in there. Oof. Oh, that was that was uh, yeah. <laughs> took Diddy down. Yeah, no, I didn't like to hear that. I've, I've got to, I've got to be honest with you. I, I think that's a fair comment. Spark is suggesting that we're not seeing Liverpool at their best. Where, where's the improvement going to come? That's the question, isn't it? He's saying Spark, but that's basically what he's saying. I think that's fair. General point. Yeah, By the way, general. Mo Salah has scored another goal. I should say during that <laughs> the sixth one, is it? <laughs> they don't just need a spark. I mean, they've got Mo Salah, so he scored a hat trick now. Mo Salah scored a hat trick. Liverpool can't Great get goal. better. That's pretty obvious. There's, individual players have to look at themselves. Uh, what yeah, do you all, all over the pitch but I don't see um, it, for me it's the, the tactical setup of the team which I'm kind of really interested in, and have been really for the past kind of probably the last uh, year Be, uh, and particularly with the development of kind of Carvalho and Harvey Elliott come into the team and I'm two big fans of those uh, two young kids they're lovely footballers uh, different types of players uh, different kind of attributes but they're going to develop into you know real assets to the football club but how do you yeah but what 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 place do you find for them in the team? What's the best uh, framework to bring them in? Where, where do they play? What's their best uh, uh, position? And you know, do you have to maybe change in terms of your your style a little bit? I think you have to. Why do you think Klopp went so shooting the messenger there? Like really, it went over Diddy Man and reversed back over him. And that's fair. Over yeah, I don't. I think that's fair. Because I mean, wasn't the worst comment, Diddy Man? No, made. but I don't. I don't understand this. Uh, he's not entitled to. I mean, this is a lad who's like a, you know, maybe I was fair to say iconic in terms of Liverpool. Huge respect at Liverpool for his his uh, his time there. We know the career he had in his game. I've actually done a little bit of work with uh, uh, Didi over the years, and you know, I've I've worked with some people that I've, I've been scratching my head in terms of some of the, some of the things that come out of their mouth. But he's not one of them. Like you know, what I mean, I think he has a, he's a good eye for the game. <laughs> Present company, exclude one of the other. Yeah, so no, I don't like to see that. I think he's got to be better than that, uh, Jorgen Klopp. I think he's just got to, uh, you know, he's just got to answer the uh, answer the question as best he can. Do you think uh, it's sign of pre- the pressure he's under? Yeah, I think there is. I think there is pressure there. Yeah, I think there is. But I think it's it's how high they've set the bar. Now, I wouldn't be overly overly critical Liverpool to an extent because I think it's amazing in terms of the level they've played at for the past couple of years. How they've put it up to Manchester City for the past three or four, five years, whatever it is, been absolutely. Uh, phenomenal and they've done it a different way to Manchester that's an exceptional Manchester City squad it's been there for quite some time probably not as strong as it has been uh, as it is now but I think Liverpool have done fantastically well and how they've played I think the players he's integrated into that system have complemented the system Kenny McCabe uh, talking about this system suits us we love it the way Liverpool have played heavy metal football whatever you want to call it sure. I think it's been perfect it's been perfect for, for the, the, the calibre of player that he's had available to him but the question is if the, the calibre player isn't available to him anymore to play that type of game, high energy, like dynamic, high pressing game, if there's a drop off from Jordan Henderson, for me, he's been key to that for the past four years. He can't operate at that level anymore. And we're seeing that. You know, he's not even for his pick. He's not even for his pick in the Liverpool team, that Liverpool uh, midfield at the moment. And if you're looking to introduce the likes of Elliot uh, Carvalho, even Thiago to an extent, we know a highly technical player. Just by virtue that you're bringing these players into the team means you're going to the style of play is changing. Now the question then is, are you going to be as effective or actually more successful 
uh, with these players and teams as you have done as you have done previously. Just because you go a different way doesn't mean you're going to be kind of less successful. But I just I just can't see it uh, to be honest with you. I, at the moment, I just think they're they're short in that midfield there. They got plenty of bodies in there. Mm. But I just don't see that kind of that real kind of physicality. We spoke about it before. That real physicality, that real energy, that almost kind of the ability to run over teams in that central area of the pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Physically intimidate teams, bully them, grab games by the stroke and physically impose themselves. I don't think they have that at the moment. They're gonna to have to bring that into the football club. I don't think they have it mm. in those midfield areas. And I might be wrong. I think maybe behind the scenes he's tried to do it. There's a few whispers when Tushmady went to Real Madrid in the summer, Liverpool maybe tried behind the scenes. There was maybe phone calls made. He was the type. He's the type of player that I'm talking about. Bellingham, I think, is a given that there was no deal going to be done this year. Dortmund weren't going to let him go. The problem Liverpool have is off the back of an indifferent season this year. What's the chance of getting him out of there next year? Probably unlikely with the likes of Real Madrid and even Manchester City uh, hunting him down uh, next summer. I'd even reference kind of Carmavinga, I think, is another uh, excellent player around Madrid. They bought him for 35, 30, 35 million the year before from Ren, very young player as well. Again, talk, he was on Liverpool's yeah. radar, uh, but it didn't happen, you know. So maybe maybe there has been, to be fair to Klopp, maybe behind the scenes he has been pushing hard yeah. for these players. It could be easy for him to come out as other managers have done and gone, oh, the club will let me down. These are the players, I've wanted these players in. Yeah, these yeah, are the yeah. ones in the club haven't gone and got them and hung the owners out or the recruitment department. Maybe to refer to him, he hasn't done that. He's kind of bit his yeah. lip and he's gone on. So I'll give him a little bit of credit for that. I just hope, I'm sure he can see it, but I'm sure he, I can't believe that he can't see that in terms of the people are saying to drop off spark. But you're right, they're real generalisations. Why did they need a spark? What's changed? Mm. What's different to what we've seen in previous Liverpool teams I think that's the basic the, the fundamental, fundamental. Okay. That, I think everything comes from that I want to keep going before the clock gets against us by the way for all your great analysis uh, the listeners only want to talk about one thing so uh, Keane says it isn't a Cork thing uh, the only uh, slang they have down in Cork for a toe poke is toe bomb toe bomb now Amber Barrett didn't toe bomb it she toe poked it but toe bomb sounds impressive that, that, yeah that yeah and Arthur and Sligo they used to call it a bull toe Again, none subtle about that. <laughs> so I like, I like it. You can pick here. Regional just, thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, the regional thing. There's a, and we all know what they mean. There's a couple of things that we jotted down that we were going to try and chat to you about. So Liverpool, we've touched on in depth. You can have your pick here. We're not going to get to everything. You ready? Here's oh, your yeah. menu. These are my. These are. Here's your menu. Menu. You can chat var for a moment. Well, var, no, var, hang on. What's, what's var's probably relevant because we're looking at the moment on the on the box. Aren't we? There's a var moment here, six one Liverpool. And a look, do, is a, do you is like the restaurants where there's no choices? You just oh yeah, I'll go straight for that. <laughs> Same menu. Yeah, var. I don't need a menu. Arsenal, Spurs. You've seen a bit of Spurs, or else Graham Potter at Chelsea. You'll probably get to chat about one of them. What do you want? No, we haven't got a lot of time, aren't we? I think a lot of those other things a little bit kind of time consuming. The var thing for one of me was because, like I said, to you, I was you know how I stand on the VAR I didn't like it from the start actually. do you know why I don't know you do know I've told it's not, that I go, not that I go constantly <laughs> on about it but do you want to know how I don't know I don't know how anyone stands on VAR because it's the most boring conversation ever so if you talk to me about VAR and I'm nodding at you well I'm no I'm not ta- I'm talking it. about it I, I never bought into it I'm never a fan of it for, uh, from the sorry at all no not at all very uh, what about the goal line technology Goal technology is fine. Okay. Absolutely fine. But the VAR, absolutely so n- not. I just, uh, not blatant. that I envisaged everything, but yeah, yeah. I, you, I could see this coming down the road. So for me, it's simple. So I'm watching that Manchester City game last night and I had to go off. I just couldn't bear it. Just couldn't bear it any longer. Those stoppages in play, 
just the fact that we're taking taking time out, stopping the game to view these instances uh, repeatedly, I just can't. Yeah, yeah, I can't suffer it to be honest with you, because for me it's simple. I I just feel as if I'm not arguing. People say to me, "But we're getting more uh, decisions right." Yeah, yeah. absolutely. People yeah. like I don't know what the percentages are. Yeah, you don't have to tell me, but I can see that we're getting uh, more decisions right. But the fundamental for me question, I might have said it once before to someone. The, f- the question that I ask myself it, is: What we're watching this spectacle mm. is it has it been enhanced? Is what we're watching is a spectacle? Are you getting more enjoyment? Are you getting a better buzz now with VAR's involvement in the game than it ha- than was previously? So you've you've the, the enjoyment factor, the you've, spectacle. You've spectacle above integrity of the game for the players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as a player, would you have had that? Yeah, I've no problem with that. Right. I've no problem with that. Mistakes, uh, referees making mistakes, linesmen making bad calls. But to use yeah, an extreme example, the Henri handball part of the game. Yeah, no, I take it. it. That's an extreme. I take it in the overall scheme of things. Okay. I take it. Yeah, I take the good and the bad. I really do. For me, it's the it's the game how it's getting um, it's broken up, and it's that it's that like a goal. And I'm not big. I'm the defender. You know what I'm like in terms of like goal score. Like we'll be doing uh, somersaults. For me, it's all about blah blah clean sheets etc. But for a fan going to the game, you know the sensation that ball hitting uh, the net and the reaction to it, that instantaneous reaction. Yeah. Referee, whistle, goal. Whoosh, you're in the moment. We did it ourselves tonight. You're absolutely didn't we, the goal, in the yeah. moment, yeah. And that's been absolutely taken away. Mm. The sight now of players kind of half celebrating or celebrations being curtailed, referees looking at the screen. And well, hold on now, let's fast, let's go back. Actually, it is a goal. You can go back and uh, replicate that spontaneous moment of 45 seconds or a minute and a half ago. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's gone, isn't it? So all of that, I think if it's they, a myth. If, if they got quicker at it, Kenny. No, no, I don't like it. It's not. It's not going to get quicker. It's not going to get quicker. But it's referees, time to go over to the side, look, view the instant, watch it again, watch it again. It's too long. It's too elongated. It's horrible. Mm. And I and I heard it the other night as well. In terms, of, well, it's here to stay. I mean, it's not going to. It's here to stay. That's that the only argument I hear from people. If that's the only argument you have, well, it's here. It's not going to go. It's here now. Well, why, why is it here? What's, why is it a given it has to stay? Mm. If it's not working and there's a general consensus and that consensus has grown, it's certainly grown amongst the players. I think if you took a vote amongst uh, players, professional players in England now, I think you'd find at least 60% or 70% of the players would be, forget it, sack it. Let's go back. Let's go back to the way it was. Mistakes, mistakes, uh, individual mistakes, I'll take it. Referees' mistakes, lines of mistakes. I'll accept that. We all make mistakes, players. Part and parcel of the game. Part, part of life. Get on with it. I'll deal with that. The, but the game moves. The game flows at its own pace. It's funny, you know, though, because you would have had so many managers and so many players, even just in recent years, after bad decisions, talking about livelihoods being on the line, relegation, promotion, careers being defined by these mistakes. And we have the technology. We're not using it. We're so behind other sports. And no. You think that's changed now, that, that feeling in the game? No, I, I I think so. Yeah, I I get a, I get a I get a sense of it. I think for the the, the TV companies themselves, I can understand the what they want to they want to push it. It's you know you bring all the little fads in, conversation, all chit chatting, but try and build it up as drama. I mean, does people people really think that's kind of drama? Players some, stood on the pitch in the centre stack with their hands on their yeah, hips. I do take your for a I do take your referee point on on. A lot of it. There is a certain, especially if it's a bigger game, but there is a certain drama in oh, referees running over to the sideline. And oh, no, Joe. Not for no, you. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. 
The stomach's churning. Absolutely what? not. No, I that? think it's like absolutely drama, crestfallen. Drama and waiting for the decision. No, or? not at all. Not at all. It's gone. The moment's gone. You've lost it. By that stage, it's gone. Mm. The moment's gone. You know, that instantaneous, the emotion, the whole thing. It's gone. It's been taken away from you. You can't re- replicate. It's gone. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. So I don't know. I wouldn't give up. And I, I, I know people are saying it's here to stay, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think if that groundswell continues to continues to grow amongst the players, uh, managers, etc., and the and and the fans, I think you can sense a little bit in the oh, stadiums thanks. as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, you can. You? Yeah, you know, you can hear it. There's groans when it comes now. And yeah, I think so. It's a, but I think it's a shame because I'm I'm literally switching off. I'm literally switching off games now and I don't care if they get to the right answer or not because invariably it's it's not a black and white anyway it's subjective anyway VAR it's only fifth official that's all VAR is mm. you know Joe Bloggs sitting up and sitting in the car park somewhere in the back of a horse car like looking at a video it's, you know it's just, another, it's just another official Yeah, three officials on the pitch four officials on the side now we've got a fifth official and they're all arguing and making their own subjective opinions on, on decisions which they're, which they're saying apart from our sides obviously we're going to take a very short break back for a uh, final run through the scores the football show is with thanks to Sky watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports Rant, BT Sport Rant. and Premier Sports back one sec so we're basically out of time the game of the evening it turns out was at the new Camp where Dembele scored for Barcelona then Varela scored for Inter then Martinez scored for Inter to make a 2-1 then Lewandowski equalised to make a 2-2 in the 82nd minute then Robin Goosen scored in the 89th minute to make a 3-2 Inter. Then Lewandowski scored in the 92nd minute to make it 3-all. So there you go. There's the game of the evening. Uh, Liverpool 7 in the end. 7-1 winners against uh, Rangers. That'll get them feeling good, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Spurs 3-2. Spark. <laughs> found a spark tonight, Liverpool. Wouldn't you give anyone a fiver in the press conference to put that to cloth? <laughs> Did he a man on the TV just said that could be the spark that you need? 3-2 uh, Spurs... <laughs> Uh, against uh, Frankfurt so we're pretty much done uh, Jer and Shane back tomorrow morning OTBAM Graham Hunter Trevor Fletcher on the show amongst other things Kenny Kenny's hour was a, a triumph they're saying oh, you're a success a you're a, a hit a bit of a blur Joe it's we a did it all that last hour. Uh, thank you very much for your time yeah. pleasure